0: Warriors Cry, and I'm your host James Edwards. Welcome to the eighth episode of The Warriors Cry. I'm so excited that we're actually on number eight. So I'm going to begin by saying that uh, today we have Dr. Frank Turek of CrossExamine.org. Um, he also has a syndicated uh, radio program um, called Cross Examine, same name. He has a television program that shows on DirecTV, which we're going to um, have that information during the interview. Um, And, you know, I was thoroughly, 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 thoroughly uh, excited to be able to book Dr. Frank Turek uh, onto the program. Uh, You know, as all of you know who listen to the podcast that uh, I had Dr. Michael Brown on last month and this month, Dr. Uh, Frank Turek. So these are two bigger-named folks in the uh, uh, Christian world. Um, some of you may not have never heard of Dr. Frank Turek, but if you look him up on cross, crossexamine.org um, and uh, in your podcast finder, you can actually find his podcast where he actually deals with some very um, tough subjects uh, in the church and, and, you know, and, and, well, not necessarily just in the church, but in the world as well. And, uh, so having him on the program was really nice because I got to see a outside perspective, uh, of someone who deals more with the world than the average person does, you know, because he actually debates atheists. Um, and you can listen to some of his debates on their website at crossexamine.org. So before I actually introduce the interview, I had a few things that I wanted to talk about. So this week, um, I actually had uh, uh, an interesting email come in um, from a uh, gentleman, uh, and and I was extremely blessed to have gotten this email. Um, the email came from a missionary in Peru named Steve Bremner. Now Steve Bremner also hosts a podcast called Fire on Your Head. Um, and he actually emailed me to encourage me, saying that he had listened to a couple of episodes of my podcast, and he said that generally uh, podcasters quit podcasting after uh, episode seven. And he wanted to encourage me to continue because he thought that I was on to something. So, you know, I, I really enjoyed reading his email and actually connecting with him. And as a result, um, he's actually going to be on a new podcast that's going to be on the Warriors Cry Network, Uh, Called Warriors on the Wall, which we haven't really set up an actual time to uh, record said podcast, but we're going to be recording that soon. Um, I have a uh, conference call with the other hosts uh, tomorrow night, um, which is July 7th, uh, where we're just going to talk about everything and kind of discuss what we want to do and the vision of that particular podcast. So uh, I'm going to have uh, Steve Bremner and uh, also a couple of. uh, uh, guys that I met um, through uh, the Dirty their dirty Christian uh, and a few other uh, groups that I've been involved in uh, the last couple of months, uh, Larry La- Lawrence uh, DeBold and Travis Brown. So um, that's going to be an awesome, awesome podcast, and I really, really am excited about that. We're going to talk about topics uh, that are not kosher for most Christians. We're going to talk about things like uh, the first episode, we're going to talk about religious fanaticism. We're going to talk about the Orlando shooting. Um, we're going to talk about some politics and, and different things. Uh, we're going to nail down the actual topics of the first episode and and the rest of the episodes uh, uh, tomorrow night. So I'm extremely excited that you're joining us today. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start the podcast. So uh, stay tuned uh, and listen Into Dr. Frank and myself's interview, um, where we're going to talk about unity in the body of Christ from his perspective of dealing with the world of atheism. This is James Edwards with The Warrior's Cry. I have Dr. Frank Turek on the line with me. Um, So Dr. Frank Turek is a a dynamic speaker and award-winning author or co-author of four books. He is president of crossexamine.org, where he presents biblical evidence uh, for Christianity at churches, high schools, secular campuses. And uh, I've personally listened to a few of his debates with atheists, and I think... um, you know, uh, Cross-Examined is a great podcast, been listening to it for a while. So uh, I'd like to introduce Dr. Uh, Turek to the program. How are you? Great, James. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, So first off, uh, you know, I always like to start with the foundational verse uh, of the warrior's cry, and that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 10 through 13. And it says, Now I exhort you, brethren, By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So starting off with the foundational verse, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, obviously, I think that the main things are the plain things, and the plain things are the main things. And Paul even talks about in Romans 14 that there are disputable matters that we ought to have grace on. So we're not going to agree on every single issue, but on the essentials, we ought to. And so I think it's very important that we do so. And I think most major denominations that believe the Bible actually do agree on the essentials. I think most denominations are are divided over non-essentials, and they agree on the essentials. And that's always not a bad thing, actually, to have different denominations in the sense that some people are more moved by a liturgy. Others are more moved by a free-flowing kind of service, There are different music styles. There are different worship styles. So I don't think denominations are always bad. I think they do express the same truth in different ways. Uh, Now, there are denominations that don't even believe in the Bible, don't believe in God. I don't even consider them Christians. They're more like hymn singing rotary clubs. But uh, among the (laughs) denominations that actually believe that the Bible is true, I think the differences among them are on secondary or tertiary issues.
0: And So I do think we do have some unity across the body. So I do believe that there is some unity uh, out there in the body of Christ. Where I draw um, my issue with in the body of Christ is that there are so many churches that criticize other parts of the body. You know, um, the scriptures tell us, you know, that we all can't be eyes or we can't all be ears. Um, and so there are definitely places for the body to be divided. Uh, in that scenario, just like an ear is divided from the eye but that we all should be able to stand in the same faith and acknowledge that each one of us have a different part to bring to the body of Christ. You know, I I was raised a Lutheran, um, which, you know, and I'm from the Charlotte area, which I know that you're from as well. Um, So I was raised a Lutheran, and so going out of that and into the Pentecostal and the Charismatic Movement, um, personally, uh, I've seen so many things in the church that just cause division as far as around tongues and prophecy and things like that. Um, and And those are secondary issues. I just uh, the biggest issue for me is that I think that we should be able to stand together and acknowledge those differences, but be able to stand together as one uh, united body. Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you that we ought to. And
0: uh,
1: there are some that will make those bigger issues than they are. Uh, and I don't think that they're biblical when they decide that they're going to divide over issues like that. So right, I think there right. are issues to divide over, you know, deity of Christ, substitutionary atonement, justification, the bodily resurrection. If people are going to deny those, then, yeah, we're not <laughs> – We're it's better to be divided by truth than united in error. Exactly, exactly. So, so if right. you're gonna if you're gonna deny one of the essentials of the faith, then you're not considered a Christian even. And Paul went after that. Jesus went after that. Or went after people that denied the truth. So uh, I think we have to as well. But we're not going to divide over these secondary or tertiary
0: issues. Exactly, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, so you know, to start off with a few of the questions that I usually uh, like to ask. Um, so you know. From your perspective because I know you deal with a lot of uh, uh, atheists and you go to uh, you know schools and, and things like that and you talk to a lot of unbelievers uh, and, and that ministry is very, very important. So from your perspective, what is God saying to the church today?
1: Well I think it's the same thing he said to the church 2,000 years ago. I mean I think the scriptures are where we get our marching orders from God. And so I don't think there's really anything different in that regard. If there were, we'd have white pages in the back of our Bible telling us, you know, uh, to add revelation. I think God has already given us what he wants us to do. Our problem is, is that we don't always do it. I always envision people who are suggesting that they want new revelation from God. I I think of God looking down going, how are you doing with the old revelation? Well, (laughs) not too good, Lord. I'm not quite living up to it. Well, once you get, once you get that Uh, When you start obeying that, I'll give you some new. I mean, the Bible's a big enough book with enough uh, imperatives in it already I can't follow. So I'm not looking for new revelation. I'm just hoping that we can live up to what he's already given us.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. So, you know, in that perspective, is the church healthy?
1: Well, I think it depends on where you're talking about. Maybe not in... Some aspects in the United States, no, it's probably not. It's probably too superficial. It's probably too much of a consumerist mentality. If you believe what George Barna has done by looking at uh, the differences between so-called born-agains and non-born-agains, there's not much of a difference in terms of their behavior, in terms of what they believe even. I don't know. I thought he figured out that about 9% of the American people have a biblical worldview, something like that, according to the criteria he put forth. So not really healthy there, but you may go to other parts of the world where it is very healthy. So it really just depends on where you're talking about.
0: Sure. Now, a few weeks ago, I interviewed uh, David Joannis uh, from, Oh, actually a couple months ago, David Joannis. He is a uh, missionary in China. And uh, I was very, very nervous to interview him because I was interviewing him on the sidewalk in Beijing. And, um, you know, he basically said, you know, that denominations are really not a thing in the world, uh, but they are a thing in America. And he said, you know, that Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, all of them work together in China because they kind of have to. Right. Um, you know, because persecution has come and they have to be united together. And they don't really, you know, uh, focus on those uh, tertiary, those uh, secondary things. And they, they uh, just stay united. What do you think it would take in the United States to get that same behavior out of the multiple denominations? Well, we
1: don't hurt, hope for persecution, we fight against it, but when it comes, that's one of the benefits of it it seems is that the the dross or the tares are taken away from uh the truth and the church gets pruned and the true believers are left behind. So um I think that that might be a good aspect of persecution. Again, we don't we don't wish it, we fight against it, but that's one good result from it. So I I think there's a lot of a lot of folks probably in the church today who might not truly be believers, uh, but when persecution comes, then we'll see the true believers left behind in the church. And I think as you said in China the experience there is is that they have much more of a sense of unity because of the persecution they're undergoing. They don't have time to be arguing over these secondary and
0: tertiary issues. Right, exactly. Um, You know, the thing that breaks my heart is I'm in the uh, mountains of western North Carolina, and up here, um, the issues uh, that we see in the churches are, you know, uh, between King James only um, churches, and we had a uh, pretty renowned King James Only Church a few years ago that uh, actually got on Fox News uh, because they hosted a Bible-burning party where they burned uh, a thousand or so other uh, translations and things like that, and and that kind of thing just breaks my heart in general because, you know, there are other people that would love to, um, you know, be uh, brothers with those people, but you In general, they they just don't accept them because they don't totally agree with, you know, uh, their translation or whatever, which I think is really silly, um, personally. Yeah, Um, it is really silly because the King James Version began in 1611,
1: and it's a translation from the best Greek manuscripts we've had at the time. Since then, we've uncovered many more manuscripts, and we can make a more accurate translation and get rid of the antiquated words that no longer mean what they meant in sixteen eleven today. In fact, if you read the King James version today, in some areas you'll take away the opposite meaning of what the text intends. Like for example, in sixteen eleven, the word "let" meant to to hinder. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, now it means exactly the opposite—to allow. And so, if you read some passages with the word "let" in it today uh, in the King James version. You're gonna you're gonna say the word meant allow, but in 1611 it really meant hinder. You're gonna get the opposite meaning of what the text is intending. Look, right. language always changes. Yeah. Language is to a certain extent arbitrary, so you need to change the language to to, to communicate the meaning, the proper meaning, the proper truth. If you don't, uh, and you s- still try and remain in 1611, most people who read it aren't going to understand it properly. So you're actually destroying your ability to learn the truth that God wants you to learn by staying with an antiquated version. Now, I'm not saying there aren't good aspects of the King James. There are, it's, 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 it's a beautiful
0: translation, but there are areas that need to be updated. So you don't walk away with the wrong meaning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I read the new American standard version and, and I really enjoy the new American standard version. You know, the, they say that that's one of the closest to, uh, the newer manuscripts as of, like, the 70s, and I don't know if they've discovered any newer manuscripts since then, um, but I do enjoy the New American Standard personally. Um, you know, it's just interesting, you know, that a lot of the church focuses on um, theology, and they focus on, you know, the, the things that uh, aren't really necessary for salvation. Um, so with that in mind. What is the gospel to you uh, in a a short phrase?
1: Well, I know you don't mean it this way, but when people say, what does it mean to you? I go, it doesn't matter what it means to me. It it, it matters what it really meant to Paul or Jesus or John or or whoever's putting it. I know you're not meaning it in that sense, James, but a lot of people go through the Bible and say, what does this verse mean to you? And your answer ought to be, I don't care what it means to me. What it really meant to Paul or Peter, whoever wrote it down, is really what I'm concerned about. So the gospel is the good news, literally, that we're sinners, but Jesus has come and saved us from our sins by living the perfect life in our place. So an infinite being, God, who is infinitely just and infinitely loving, is sort of in a dilemma because he loves us. He doesn't want to punish us. But since he's infinitely just, he has to. So what does he do? He finds a perfect substitute to punish instead of us. That way, God remains just, and he can justify us, as Romans 3.26 says. So God has redeemed us if we choose to be redeemed. If we don't want to be with God, then he won't force us into heaven against our will. If we don't want to accept the free gift, we don't have to. But the good news is, is that God has given us that free gift and if we want to accept it we can.
0: Right right. And you know one of the things that I like to say when it comes to the gospel uh, and, and you're right, I didn't mean it the the way that I uh, asked the question but um, the way that I typically look at it is the gospel is quite succinctly, um, Christ and him crucified and why he was crucified, why he died, um, you know, and, and why he was resurrected from the grave. You know, Paul said, uh, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians uh, or maybe Romans, he said, I didn't come to you uh, with uh, elaborate words or fancy words. I came to you teaching Christ and him crucified alone. Um, and, and I think a lot of times we uh, focus so much on the elaborate words and the elaborate stories and the elaborate things, we lose sense of what we're really supposed to be doing, which is representing Christ and Him crucified. Your thoughts on that? No, that's, I
1: agree. Yeah, that's, that's it. Him crucified because He's the sacrifice. He's the Lamb. You see, in the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice lambs Amen. as symbols of the true Lamb. Who's the true Lamb? The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, Jesus So yes, Jesus was punished in our place, and by trusting in him, we can be reconciled and have peace with God.
0: Amen. Amen. So what is one thing um, that you would want to ask other leaders that might be listening to this podcast or that I may interview in the future?
1: Well, what are the essentials of the faith in your view? And are you open to working with other Christians who also agree on those essentials of the faith? Even if you disagree with them on secondary or tertiary issues, and in my view, the essentials of the faith are, you know, there is a God and you are not him. (laughs) (laughs) The deity of Christ, the substitutionary atonement, which is what Jesus came to do. Um, The fact that we're all sinners and that we're justified by putting our trust in Jesus and works aren't going to save us. Works are evidence that we're saved. As I think Martin Luther put it, he said, the... Fruit comes from the root. Those root does not come from the fruit. The root is your trust in Jesus, and the fruit are the good works that you do as a result of that trust in Jesus. So works don't save us. If works could save us, Jesus wouldn't be necessary. So Amen. the essentials of the faith are those, the bodily resurrection, substitutionary atonement, deity of Christ, the fact that we're all sinners, there is a God, you are not him. Those are the, the essentials of the faith, really.
0: Amen. 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 So what are some things, in your view, um, just from the people that you typically uh, uh, surround yourself with? Because I know that you, uh, since you deal a lot with atheism and things like that, what are some things that you could tell the church that brings unity and disunity to the body of Christ?
1: What brings unity and disunity? Well, I think majoring in the majors and not the minors, as, as Paul talks about in Romans 14. You know, he talks about the fact that there are major issues and minor issues, and we ought not major in the minors. So I think reaching out across denominational lines and working together on issues we can work on and not being so territorial or turf-oriented, but being kingdom-oriented, that's really the key. I try and do that the best I can. You know, We have a ministry, crossexamined.org, which is a ministry that pretty much focuses in on apologetics, evidence for the faith. But I want to work with other organizations that may have the same mission we do because uh, we're all on the same team and there's enough folks out there that can support us financially. We're all 501c3s, but we don't have to get territorial as to who's given to who. We just work together and let God uh, deal with all that. So I think that's really what we need to do. We need to come together and work together for the common good.
0: That's exactly, uh, uh, what I was thinking too. So, um, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for around six months now. Uh, and I I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, especially the one that, uh, you were talking about, uh, Christopher Hitchings uh, a few months ago. Um, the latest one you had, uh, you were talking about having traveled to Israel and I was on episode two at the particular time. And I'm really excited about watching, um, the show where you kind of talk about the sanctuary that you're talking about in that podcast. Um, what what channel uh, and uh, program can you be found on, on with that?
1: We're on the NRB Network, which stands for National Religious Broadcasters. It is broadcast on Directv channel 378 uh, at nine o'clock and on Wednesday nights, nine p.m. Eastern time. Also one a.m. It's rebroadcast. But if you don't have Directv. Uh, You can see it on Roku, which is also, it's kind of like Apple TV, I guess. I don't have it myself, but it's a box you plug in and we're on the NRB network. And if you don't have that, there's a new thing out there called the internet. I don't know if you've heard of that, James. (laughs) On the internet, you can actually watch the show streaming live off our website, crossexamine.org. Again, 9 p.m. Wednesday nights. So if you're listening to this day on Wednesday, it'll be 9 p.m. Eastern time or 1 a.m. Thursday morning, really, but really Wednesday night. Uh, or you can watch it streaming live on our app, the cross-examined app. Two words in the app store, cross-examined. It has all of our, our radio programs on there as well that you can listen to at any time. And you can watch the TV show streaming live. We also have a quick answer section on the app. We've had over 100,000 people download it, so they, they're finding it helpful. So they can anybody can watch the program. And uh, right now on the program, we're going through the book of Daniel which is very relevant today because Daniel was in a culture hostile to his faith. I hope that sounds familiar to most people. And you really learn a lot of good lessons from the book of Daniel. And in that book of Daniel, we also talk a little bit about the location of Solomon's temple and Herod's temple, which is the show you're referring to, which should come up later this summer, probably sometime in August. You'll see that.
0: Well, I find stuff like that fascinating. I'm a huge history buff and uh, you know, anything that proves uh that scripture is true is is very very valuable to me. I had a friend of mine that actually was in Israel for a few years um uh, a few years ago as a uh uh he was there as a missionary, but of course he couldn't say that he was there as a missionary. Um and uh, he was over there with uh Dr. Michael Brown's uh, uh fire ministry. Sure, yeah, um,
1: I love Dr. Brown. Yeah, we worked together on a number of issues.
0: Yeah, so I, lo- I love Dr. Brown. I interviewed him last month on the program, and that was uh, definitely a fascinating interview, and I was very, very intimidated <laughs> by him. Um, you know, one thing he said last month was, uh, you know, when it comes to unity, he said, you know, at the Brownsville Revival, he said, when the water rises high enough, the fences are, are covered over and you don't see um, the division anymore. And so, you know, uh, nothing but the blood of Christ brings unity in the body of Christ— Um, and, and I believe that's very important. And I also believe that as revival comes, which that is what, uh, we at the Warriors Cry are praying for. And I know many churches throughout the nation are praying for it, especially with the political climate that's going on today, uh, you know, with North Carolina, the HB2 thing and, and just all of that stuff in general. So, uh, I, I really appreciate you being on the program and sharing your viewpoints about, um, Uh, unity from your perspective. Uh, Is there any final points that you would like to make?
1: Well, uh, one of the biggest problems that we're having, I mean, we're talking about here church unity. The problem is it's hard to be a unified church when so many young people are leaving it and we're not engaging people where they need to be engaged. And that is the mind. And that's what our ministry tries to do. We have 75% of young people walking away from the church once they leave the home. And one of the major reasons they do this is because intellectually they don't know why Christianity is true because we've never given them any evidence that is true. And that's what we try and do in our ministry. We try and give them evidence that Christianity is indeed true. And, uh, as I say, they can see a lot of this, uh, from our website, crossexamined.org or our app, two words in the app store, cross examined, uh, cross examined with a D on the end of it. And, uh, They can also listen to our podcast, watch our TV show, uh, or see us out there on the road because we're out at colleges, high schools, and churches quite a bit. All the details are at crossexamine.org.
0: Well, to springboard off of that last point you made, um, you you, uh, uh, mentioned that a lot of young people are leaving the church. Uh, and and I, I definitely agree with that. I think a big portion of that is it seems like the church is more fascinated with creating uh, you a know, uh, materialistic um, church or they're more interested in building numbers versus actually discipleship, which is definitely something I think is more uh, uh, is very, very important to bring back to the church. I know that there are some churches that disciple uh, very, very well. But a lot of these churches nowadays, they don't seem to disciple. They just seem to kind of um, lay their hands on them, bring them to Christ, and then just kind of let them flounder and, and uh, hope they find their way. So I think right. that that's a big portion of that as well.
1: Yeah, sure. That's certainly the case. We're, we're trying to make believers instead of disciples, and Jesus never said, don't make disciples—or don't, don't make believers. He said, make disciples—
0: Right, right, you know, and believers are who left Jesus the day that he said, you will eat my blood and drink my, or eat my uh, uh, flesh and drink my blood. Those were the ones that left. The, the true disciples mm-hmm. actually hung out, you know. Um, so I think that's very important in this uh, uh, discussion as well. So, um, Dr. Turk, I really appreciate you being on the program. And thank you, sir. That was a great interview with uh, Dr. Frank Turek. Uh, I encourage you to check out crossexamined.org um, and also listen to his podcast, uh, check out his TV show, uh, support this guy because he's actually reaching the lost for Christ in a way that most Christians aren't very comfortable with. The one thing that I like about listening to his uh, radio show, Cross Examined, Uh, which I think it comes on the radio uh, as well as he uh, packages it up and puts it on as a podcast. Um, The thing I like about listening to his radio show is that he actually attacks things that are very important um, in society from a perspective of Christianity, so uh, I definitely encourage you to listen to that. One of my favorite uh, episodes um, uh, recently was when he was talking about the HB2 law in North Carolina. Uh, because he's actually based out of the Charlotte area, I'm pretty certain. Um, And, you know, I thought that was a fantastic take on it. uh, And, uh, you know, just his general conversation and demeanor about that subject. So um, one last thing before I actually finish off this uh, podcast. Um, I was studying this morning, and I just kept getting drawn to a section in Scripture uh, about how Christ would leave the 99 to go after the one. And I had this really interesting thought because in Ch- Matthew, chapter, um, Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14, um, there's actually a section in verse 11, uh, which was added in because of later manuscripts they had uh, actually found uh, in later manuscripts, Uh, this particular section of uh, verse, and it says, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. So I immediately had a thought just while uh, reading that, that, you know, if Christ came to save the lost and he would leave the 99 to go after the 100, how much more would he leave us, um, the church, to go after those that we deem um, not as important, you know because I'm thinking to myself, you know the lost, I'm thinking of these people that Dr. Turek uh, mentioned when he was talking about uh, you know general atheists and young people and, and that we're not exercising their mind and, and all of this kind of stuff. So we have these people that are leaving church because they're not really being challenged um, in the faith. They're not being uh, challenged in terms of growing and uh, knowledge of Christ. They're not being discipled in the body of Christ, kind of like what we, we talked about as well. And, and if that's the case, and, you know, how much more would it be if uh, a good shepherd would leave the 99 sheep to pursue the one? How much more do you think it would happen in the house of God today if there's one lost person on the other hill over there, and, uh, you know, we're having our good old time. We're having our cookout. We're having our, you know, fellowship over here. Uh, but that one lost person that we failed to reach, that one lost person that we failed to communicate the glory of God, the, that one lost person that we failed to teach Christ and him crucified to, how much more do you think he would leave us hanging out together? Because, you know, we're, we're self-sustaining at that point. You know, we're together. Uh, but he's going over there to get that lost sheep on that other hill. Uh, I was, I was completely and utterly, um, befuddled really by this section. And, and I came across a thought that I actually posted on my Facebook fan page. Uh, and, and it, and it was for the son of man came to save that which was lost. He didn't come to save that which he could find. He came to saw save that which was lost, you know, um, those of us that are in Christianity right now, we're really easy to find. We're, we're already together. We're already there. Um, we may not be unified in the sense that uh, the Warrior's Cry is pursuing, but, you know, for the most part, we're already found. We're already, we're already there, right? Um, but there are still lost people out there, and I can't stress how important it is for us in the body of Christ to make sure that we're living a life worthy of the cross, and worthy of the sacrifice that Christ uh, committed on that cross uh, for our sin. Um, so we should always try to find ways to love each other, and I encourage you to love each other. If your focus is on theology, if your focus is on um, you know, simple apologetics um, uh, or whatever— Uh, those things are important, but they're not nearly as important as the gospel of Christ and Him crucified. It's not as important as reaching that lost person. It's not as important as any of that stuff. So, brothers and sisters, I encourage you to Uh, Go to my Facebook page and like it, uh, if you haven't already, like it, share whatever you see on that Facebook page that you enjoy, and engage with, uh, you know, the community that's built up there. So far, I only have about 200 uh, likes on that Facebook page. I'd love to see it grow even far beyond um, that so that we can reach even further. So, you know, uh, like the Facebook page, share the podcast to anybody that you think of that would benefit. Go on iTunes, like the podcast on iTunes, Pocket Cast, uh, wherever else you get your podcast uh, needs met. Um, Go there. Make sure you select, uh, you know, whatever rating system that you give us a good rating and and give us some feedback. You know, uh, tell me exactly what I can do to improve the show. Um, tell me what I can do to make it better so that more people want to listen, uh, because God knows I don't want to be doing this if um, if if it's not touching at least someone out there. You know, I know for a, without a shadow of a doubt that God is using this ministry to talk to someone. I, I just know it. So I encourage you just to uh, like the Facebook page, share the podcast, uh, share uh, the insights that are given by, uh, the guests that are on the program and, you know, in general, just share whatever you can. Uh, I'd really, 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 really appreciate it. Uh, so my name is James Edwards with the Warriors Cry podcast, and I leave you with one last thing before I close out the podcast. This podcast is actually brought to you by 434 Graphics, which is my side printing business. Um, For all your printing and marketing needs, contact me at 434graphics at gmail.com. That particular business is meant so that uh, I can help out uh, ministries, small businesses, churches, uh, et cetera, with their printing and marketing needs to ensure that they're able to have a really nice, really good professional appearance uh, to the world. Because God knows we don't want to come across... um, Cheaply. We want to make sure that we're representing our king uh, with uh, all the glitz and glam that we can um, so that we look good. Uh, we're representing the most wealthy king in the entire universe who has every rich, uh, all the riches that we can pr- uh, possibly even imagine and even beyond what we can imagine. So, as a church, as a body of Christ, we're representing the most wealthy king in history, and, and, and even beyond history. Um, so we should be able to put forth uh, the effort to look good. So if you have any printing and marketing needs, contact me at 434graphics at gmail.com. I'd be glad to take a look at the project and see if there's anything that I can do to help you. And uh, also just know that when you do make a purchase, that that purchase actually goes to helping uh, build out the Warriors Cry network with all the future shows that we may have, as well as uh, the Warriors Cry Uh, podcast itself. So thanks for listening. I really, really appreciate you. God bless and have a great month.